Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowroom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Monkey Doo. Hey, hey, everybody, Monkey in the Southeast US, enjoying this beautiful day. I hope everyone home is doing the same. This week's episode is episode 92 of the Grow Guides, everybody. We're approaching that 100 very soon. And we were considering speaking about CO2 for this episode, but I decided to change it last minute. We don't really know much about CO2. And if you've listened to all of the grow guides by now, it's not something that we really recommend for home growers anyway. So I don't know if we'll be covering that. Maybe we will cover it in the future as we approach the 100th episode and things like that, because we're we're just still thinking of ideas on how to get to that 100. So anyway... I thought today we would discuss how to clean your grow room. And this is a topic that somebody asked us to cover over on the forum a few weeks ago. And I realized after like 85 episodes or something was on by them, we hadn't covered how to clean your grow room yet. So that's what we're going to be covering today. Uh, Interesting topic and an important one. Something we should all uh, really know enough about to keep the grow room clean. Definitely, because if you don't keep it clean, there are things that can start happening, not good mm-hmm. things. Yeah, so well, before we move on to that, of course, we should discuss what we're smoking of. I'm smoking some Aunt Jenny's Elixir still. Now, I've been smoking Aunt Jenny's Elixir for a while now, and I quite enjoy it. And uh, if anybody hasn't tried auto flowers yet and they want to try and get into autos, then head over to Mephisto and get some of their beans, man, because all the genetics I've grown from them are just... So high quality, man. Very yeah, impressive. Man. Very impressive. I've got two in my tent right now, Mephistos, that are uh, doing beautifully. Matter of fact, every time I unzip that tent, it just stinks the room up to high heaven mm. in a beautiful sort of way. But yeah, yeah, man, good beans. Good stuff. So, yeah, if you're looking for a CBD THC one-to-one as well, then Aunt Ginny's Elixir is great, man. Uh, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. So check it out if it's something you're looking for. I have to go yeah. and pop some of those. Just, just a random them. plug there for Mephisto. <laughs> but good shit, man. Uh, what's, uh, what's your white widow background, monkey? He's talking about one of your beans, I assume. Adam here. What's your... Oh, uh... <laughs> wow. Oh, that's got me. Uh, I guess he's talking about the S1s I created. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. not really sure if that was the Seedsman white widow or a victory seeds white widow, but it was one of the two, I'm not, but I'm not sure which one. All I know is it was extremely vigorous and produced a heck of a lot of pollen and a heck of a lot of seeds. Nice. So, uh, no one's grown any of those crosses out yet, or even, even the pure S1 white widow. So I'm anxious to see if anybody's done that. I'd like yeah. to see what they look like. We're relying on you, Adam, get your grow up and man. Let's see these. You got <laughs> he's some? already got, he's already got monkey beans popped. Though. I don't know if he has any more space. Nice. Oh, he's popped one. Nice. Let's see how the diary does, man. Yeah, man. Don't forget to download last week's episode if you didn't check that out, everybody. If you wasn't around, that was a good episode with Marco talking about raised beds. Yeah, I enjoyed that one, man. man. It's a good episode. So make sure you check that out. And of course, you can head over to the website as well and see there's a whole list of grow guides where it starts from number one and works your way down to this episode as a player. Just plays straight through all of them. Just go and check that out. You know, the highonhomegrown.com website is out there. It's not used very much, I don't think. There's not much point to it. It just makes it more professional when you've got a .com. You know, when, you, when you're the number two cannabis podcast, 
you know <laughs> you have yeah, to have man. a nice website don't you you know and if you have any questions about this topic or about anything else during the episode that you want us to hit up in the listener mail section of the show remember to put a cue before it so we can uh, we know that questions for us then and we'll try and save it for the listener mail section of the show yeah so i think that's everything monkey are you, you ready to move on to the the grow guides and the discuss cleaning grow tents let's grow do rooms? It, let's talk let's about that why not eh? So be honest. Have you cleaned your grow tent today? <laughs> Not today. No. No, some people are going to get that and some people ain't. <laughs> There's a meme out there where it's just like this guy goes, Have you clean? Have you washed your ass today? <laughs> <laughs> it just randomly appears out of like somebody looks in a, a, a container, a little tub, they'll pop the lid and go inside. And then the guy pops out like, Have you washed your ass today? <laughs> Funny. Okay. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> random, but you know, that very definitely random. You, that you can was. search for it on YouTube shorts and then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <All right>. Okay. <laughs> I hope there's somebody in the chat who goes, yeah, I know what you mean, Mackie. Please, somebody doing it save right now, me. I guarantee you. Save somebody me. in the chat's already doing it. <laughs> Look, yeah, cleaning your grow tent is something that isn't done very often. I mean, I can keep mine reasonably clean in the first place because once it's set up and ready to go, there's not many things that would really make a mess of it. If maybe if you've watered too quickly, there's been a spillage, got some soil somewhere. So in between grows, it should really stay considerably clean. You shouldn't have to do too much. But sometimes you do have to clean it when the plant is in there too, though. There's lots of different situations, man. So we're gonna we're gonna run through all these different scenarios of what why you would clean your tent at different times and how you can do that as well. But we should really begin with before you put any plants in it at all. What's your technique, Monkey? What do you use here? What, what's your well, favorite method? If I'm going to go ahead and clean my tent, now I usually, in my tent, I like to use, because my tents are relatively small and I can find something that's correct size, I use some of these under bed storage bin things and I put them in the bottom of the tent as a, as a catch basin for, for all my if spilled liquids. I run cocoa. Mm -hmm. And so I got a big old thing down there. First thing I'll do is yank that thing out because it's going to go outside. Very easy. Take the whole thing outside. Soap and water, wash it back up, it's clean it brand new. But once all of that's out there, first thing I do is get in it with a vacuum cleaner and start vacuuming all the dust, the mm. leaf pieces, anything that's fallen off the plant, vermiculite that's in the tent, cocoa, whatever it is, vacuum it head to toe. Uh, fans, anything I can get that vacuum cleaner to, I, I will vacuum first step. Mm -hmm. What's your first step? Well. You know, it's not just the uh, the tent or the wall, say, because this applies to a grow room as well. It's not just the tent. Correct. You, know, you, you want to wipe down walls and you want to clean fans, all the equipment inside of it. In between grows, it's just always a good idea to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, for me, I actually do it. If I call it a light clean between runs. And then once a year, I do a heavy clean. Mm hmm. Uh, and, and the light clean still, I mean, it's not light. You know, I still go through and wipe down everything I can. But a heavy clean, I'll, I'll probably go ahead and disassemble fans so I can get the dust out of the, out of the covers and things such as that. Mm -hmm. And that takes significantly longer. And I don't, Ugh. for me, in my environment, because I, I, I grow in a, a uh, 
climate controlled environment, I don't have the dust buildup as fast as maybe if I was growing in an outbuilding or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to definitely your, your, uh, your frequency of cleaning is going to be depending upon where you're growing and how clean your space is. Yeah. It's a good point you brought up there, you know, cause some places are just dusty as fuck and some places you're going to be using a carbon filter, drawing air in. So there's no contaminants or very few contaminants getting into the grow space at all. If you don't have that, then you can be pulling in dust. If you smoke around the grow room, that's going to be bringing in particles in when the air is dragged in as well. You know, there's just mm-hmm. so many things. Pets, you know, if you get pets around the grow room, then now yep. and again they're going to pull in all dust and fleas and, and hair. hair, cat yeah. hair. It, it goes everywhere, man. Mm-hmm. It happens. And it all builds up. And if there's spillages... You know, if, if yep. you have a spillage and it's got nutrients in it or something, it gets under the trays. It, it can go moldy if you don't clean it up because it's got algae in it and shit. So it, it's just, it's so easy to for, for just little things to happen that can over time make it disgusting in there. And if it's disgusting, you know what likes disgusting things? Mold, right? <laughs> if, you got, if you got mold spores growing in your tent, because they'll mm-hmm. be in there anyway. But if you give them the right conditions, they'll germinate. And if you have mold spores germinate on your buds, you have bud rot, man. You're fucked. So one of the important factors of keeping your grow room clean is to prevent things like that. Mold, not just bud rot, the the botrytis, or Uh they have the powdery mildew as well, which will also start up if you don't keep things clean. Bugs can show up if you don't keep things clean. You know, it's just, this is why it's important to do it. And it, you just have to wait for the right time. It's not like it has to be done every day. You know? But sometimes you're going to have a little bit of a sativa dominant buzz or, you know, whichever buzz gives you a little bit of a hype and you're going to be like, hmm, I'm going to spend an hour or two just cleaning the grow tent. And, you know, roll with that vibe, man. If you, if that's you now, be like, hmm, I should clean my grow You go clean your grow tent and listen to the rest of this episode while we do it and just hope you don't do anything wrong around the rest of the way, you know? <laughs> go clean your grow tent. So most of us are using grow tents, right, Monkey? And uh, that's got the the mylar walls, that, you know, reflective fabric. And we have to be careful of what kind of cleaners we use on these things, right? Because yes, you, you can degrade the material if you use the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. But what would you recommend to be using uh, when you're using a standard grow tent? <laughs> well, come on now. You know exactly what I'm going to tell you to use. Monkey always uses vinegar. Monkey, Monkey vinegar. vinegar. My five ninety nine a gallon. Now, now, now. <laughs> probably that's about probably what it cost me there, though. But no, actually, I use I use a vinegar and water solution to wipe the entire tent down, top to bottom, and then I come back after the vinegar and water solution and wipe it with a clean sponge with RO water, so they don't have any residue left behind after that. Mm-hmm. And that gives me a nice, clean, shiny, reflective surface. Gets all the dust and grease and everything off of the tent walls. Just by mm-hmm. wiping it down like that. Now you don't use. I know you don't use vinegar. You use something completely different, don't no, you? I use no vinegar. Jesus, that stuff would stink, man. Yeah, I love vinegar you... on my chips, but vinegar smells bad. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a yeah. that's a, a, an opinion right there. You know, it's a white vinegar as well. You use right. That's yeah, the, the, yeah. the cheap one. Yeah, cheap white vinegar. Uh, do you do you dilute that all? In how oh many yeah, parts absolutely. I really don't, I don't measure it, but I'm thinking it's probably got maybe a cup of vinegar into two gallons of water is how it would go. It doesn't take a ton of it. You're just trying to get that that water somewhat acidic down there. If you put too much vinegar Mm -hmm. in it, it's going to leave a a heavy white residue when it dries. 
And that's yeah. why I like to go back with the RO water. I've got our RO filter anyway. And I just, you know, it only doesn't take that much, maybe about a half a gallon or even a quart. Just you want to wipe down with it afterwards. And it leaves everything so nice and clean. But like I was yeah. trying to ask you before, you don't use vinegar. I know you, I know what oh, you no, use. No. What um, do you use? Well, I used to use Milton. That's what I used right. to use a lot because right. that's, that's used for sterilizing like uh, babies' bottles and things for feeding them, you know? You're so right. It, after 15 minutes of using it, there's no more chlorine and shit on there or something. It just seems more mild than using a straight-up bleach solution. I agree. But, you know, as I've explained many times, over time, your growing methods change and you become a little bit more sloppy. So now we just use a light bleach solution, just a little bit of bleach in some water. No, I'd, I'd fill up a bucket of water. I'd spray some bleach in it. Be like, that's good. <laughs> and I use a sponge to wipe down the walls. And <laughs> that's yeah. about it, really. It's I don't do anything like special. A splash of bleach in a bucket of water kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just squirt. Just yeah. pssst, that'll do. Stir it up. Sometimes I use the lemon one because I like the smell of the lemon. You know, but I wouldn't use that if uh, I'm if I've got flowers. Anytime I've got flowers anywhere, there's no scented anything near them. I don't use any of that shit. That's you know, just no, straight up bleach if I had to clean at that point. No, nothing with any kind of smell. No, if I'm going to clean a tent while I have things that are in flower, the the plants have to be. I have to take them out the tent. They have mm -hmm. to be as far mm -hmm. away as I can get them. Get them to you know other side of a wall if I can. Yeah. Clean the tent, let the tent dry, reload the tent, and we're good to go. So it's nice, isn't it? You know, you, you but it's sometimes it's nice. I've at, at points found bud rot and panicked because you know when you're an inexperienced grower, that's what happens usually. You find bud rot and you panic. You're like, I've gotta get everything out. I gotta clean. I gotta clean the fans. I've gotta clean the walls. And you know, fucking get the plants out. And the plants are really heavy with buds, and they've all been howled up by each other for so long. Mm -hmm. So when you take, you take out, them out, the whole plant flop. kind of goes sideways and flops. <laughs> and now you've tried to on the catch all like... these fucking stems, trying to keep them off the floor. Oh, mm -hmm. God, you've all been there. You've all been there. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's a pain in the ass when you got to clean. It's going to take two people to help you get the plant back in because they got to stand the colas back up to try and get it back in there. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's nuts. But you got to do it sometimes. Yeah, that's it. The best time to do it is in between grows. If you can do that, that's, that's perfect. You know? Yeah. Just a, a light bleach solution. Red Icuna says, says what, what about ISO? So I would use ISO, but it is strong as well. You know, if you're using 70%, you, 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 that's what would usually happen. 700 milliliters 300 mil of ISO and 300 milliliters of water to make up a liter. That's the best kind of disinfectant for anything, man. That's the shit's fucking awesome. But if there's any kind of coating on the material, on the mylar, then the ISO is going to wear it down quickly. It's, it's a strong detergent, man. <laughs> not detergent. That's not the right word. Solvent. Uh, yeah, it, that's it. Yeah, solvent. It's going to make shit evaporate and break down. So maybe it's just a bit too heavy of a cleaner for that kind of thing. Just a light bleach solution should do it. Yeah, uh, I'm not much on the ISO in the tent. Uh, especially, I mean, too strong of an ISO also is going to produce a lot of vapors. If you end up with a spark in a closed tent, I, I can just mm. think of a lot of reasons why I would not mm, recommend. Fuck I wouldn't yeah, want to gosh. recommend you using ISO in it to clean a tent. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I would use that to probably address any kind of stickies, maybe resin or something like that, or trichomes that stuck to the side of the tent. Maybe spot cleaning with ISO would work, but mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't wipe down the whole tent with ISO. Yeah, and South City brings up a good point there. Don't forget, contact time is important. ISO dries too quickly. Yes. 
So bleach is good, man. Bleach is good. Just a light bleach solution or the monkey vinegar solution. That also works. You know, just uh, wipe down all the walls. Yeah. So, and, then, and then once that's done, you can move everything and do that with all of your equipment as well. Not necessarily the electrical equipment, but say if you've got some, some trays, give them a good clean. You know, make sure the fans are clean. The thermometers, blades. The yeah, probes yeah. that are hanging down in the tent, mm-hmm. anything that's in there, just wipe it down. Get the that's dust right. off nice and nice and easy man just try and keep it all fresh and clean even the ducting and whatever you can clean then clean because then it's it's not going to get into the grow room is it and you have to try and keep it that way as time goes on so when there's spillages and there probably will be spillages you know when you've got too much runoff and it runs out of the trays and things like that you know you got to keep on top of these things as well don't just let them sit there clean up your spillages if you have them one of the tips I can offer is uh, keep don't have things directly on the floor of the grow tent. You know, have them raised up a little bit. Have the trays raised up so you can get underneath them and clean. That that always works well. You know, if it's on the ground, it's harder to clean underneath because you have to move everything out of the way then. But if it's raised up a little, then you can clean under it easier. That would be great. It's a great luxury if you have the height. But I don't have the height, mm-hmm. so I have to mm-hmm. be on the ground. So, yeah, you're going to have to, again adapt to what you have mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. in a two by two growing in with a four foot height limit i don't think you're going to be able to raise your, your pots off the ground with that so you're going to have to just adapt and go with it yeah man so the, the actual cleaning process is a pain in the ass i, I find especially doing the roof you know <laughs> and having things drip down on you don't wear your best clothes because you might get fucking bleach on them you know just just wear some scruffy shit like you were decorating See, and that's why I like to use vinegar and water. Yeah, it might smell a little mm-hmm. bit, but I'm not going to ruin any clothes with it. You know, yeah, I can always take them, throw them in a dryer, washing machine dryer, and I'm good as new. Mm-hmm. But one of those things, but yeah, I, I don't like doing the wipe downs of the overheads. So I don't do them a lot. Like I said, once a year is when I do them, do my mm-hmm. wipe downs. Because like I said, only because I grow in in a, in a air conditioned climate controlled environment that doesn't get too dirty on a regular basis. But plants are what makes makes the dirt. So what I would start off doing then is, when I clean my tent is I'd empty it. That Not fully. I'd take plants out of it. because My main concern is the bleach solution landing on the plants or in the soil and affecting right. them. So, you know, I just want to get the fuck out of there. And also working around them, you could damage them. Just misstepping on something. If you're doing work in the grow tent at all, just take everything out just for safety. You don't want to be well, dropping yeah. lights on your plants and fans and shit. Just take the plants out. They won't mind. They'll see it as a cloudy day, if anything. It won't disturb the light yeah. cycle. Just put them in well, the other room, you know? Most of the time, I'm cleaning between cycles, so the plants are already mm-hmm. out. I'm, I'm, I got an empty tent, so I'm one step ahead right there. But I'm with you. You can't mm-hmm. clean a tent mm-hmm. when it's full. That's right, man. And then, so I've got my bleach solution, my my little squirt of bleach into a bucket of about 20 liters. Yeah, And I'll make that warm, because I don't want my hand to freeze. You know what I mean? <laughs> And then I just got a, a sponge and I'd wipe down the roof first because, you know, you want to go from top to bottom, don't you? It just makes sense because that's the way the water's going to run. And I'd, I'd wipe that. I'd wipe down any poles at the top there as well. And then just uh, make my way f- around the walls, you know. The, and usually you've got one of the walls which will have the door on. I'd do that one last, you know, just uh, from top to bottom and th- then the next wall top to bottom, covering as much as possible, try and get in all the crevices. You know, to cover everything. It, it takes a while. And sometimes, even if I'm feeling in the mood, I'll go around and I'll do that again afterward once it's all, all done as well. But don't forget to wipe down the door 
uh, and that side of things as well. It's a little bit more of a pain in the ass, but you know, you should be doing that too. Don't forget that side. It's easily forgettable. Uh, and then vacuum if necessary. Yeah, you know, if there's any debris left over from former grows, the little bits yeah. of cocoa. Sometimes there's buds down there. You know, if you pack the tent away, you're getting it back out. Sometimes there's buds, man, <laughs> and they're good too because they've just been left in the dark urinates. <laughs> but yeah, check that out, man. I found a... buds after I put a tent up before. It's funny hazard of home grow, man. You got buds. You mm. find buds all over the place. Unfortunately, mm. or fortunately, either way, you know, depends on how you look at it. If I need to clean my fans, obviously, if you're cleaning anything electrical, then you need to wipe it when the electric is off. Unplug that shit, man. Don't, Unplug don't, everything before you clean a fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything can be wiped down with a uh, with a sponge. You know, just don't get major droplets of water in things. Don't you obviously use your own discretion, but. You don't want to, you should know by now at your age not to put too much water on electrical products. You know, <laughs> you can't explain it any better than that. Life experience explains that more than anything. I'm sure. Well, Mackie, maybe they like the sparks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did the sparks sound bad? It's just replacing the broken shit. That's bad. You know, the, the price of these things. God damn. I'm telling you. That's pretty much my cleaning method. That's what I do. And once it's up and running, there's never really any reason for me to clean the tent again but it, like cleaning around the pots I, I have two trays in a, a four by four so you know, they point towards me you know they're going uh vertically if you like so it runs run off towards me at the front of the tent and so it's easy for me to collect them it's not all just gathered up flat everywhere so cocoa can sometimes spill over that you know when i well, pour mm-hmm. water into it and it floods over if cocoa falls you know if things like that happen then i clean it up uh, i don't just leave it hanging around so it's pretty easy for me just just make sure that it all stays fresh and it but there's other bits of cleaning as well like when you, you when you're having leaves fall off the plant say if you're doing a scrug and you've done some lollipopping and things like that don't just leave shit laying around and keep it clean man keep it fresh It'll take any dead leaf matter out of there any dead plant any of those crusty leaves that you might have got from a deficiency and things you know don't take it off when it just looks a little bit ill wait for it to die and then fall off but always take that stuff out of there any leaves that have fallen off the plant and just leave them unless it's living soil i suppose <laughs> then you just leave it there wouldn't you i guess you could at that point mm. you know let, let your worms take care of it at that point so anything you wouldn't use on to clean your grow tent or your or the walls? I don't use any heavy duty solvents. Is the way I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would say it. You know, mm-hmm. n- nothing like I vinegar is pretty mild, so that's what I use. And you're using a mild bleach solution, and even that, I would I would say you want to be um, mild. Is is the operative word on the bleach solution? Mild. Yeah, because you know, it will fuck your... with the uh, with the pipes, man. If you have metal. Mm-hmm. metal pipes in in your grow tent or you you, you know it's just holding up the uh make them rust the frame the fr- yeah they'll rust like fuck man the, the bleach is really bad for them so be careful if you're using bleach on your pipes it's not i'm not using the right word poles in it poles there we go yeah yeah, pipes, yeah if you, i know what you meant yeah mm-hmm. yeah if you, just dry them afterwards make sure that that it doesn't stay on them and then it, it should be okay but that shit will make it rust man so be careful of that kind of thing mm-hmm it's, it's easy to keep tidy once you've got everything set up. It's that initial getting everything into there, you know? Yeah. 
And if you keep it clean, you'll have to clean it less often. You know, what I'm basically mm -hmm. saying is that, like Mackie said earlier, if something spills, wipe up the spill. If something falls, pick it up. You'll have little things that'll get by you. But if you if you take the time on a daily basis to do little bitty pickups, you'll find that your tent will stay much cleaner. You'll have to do a lot less work long term. That's so what I do. What, what equipment are you using then when you're cleaning your grow room? Because pretty much I'm, I've got my bucket of bleach water with a sponge and I got a vacuum. In it. That's pretty much all I need. Is there anything that's it, man. Else? No, yeah. I got a, I got a bucket, a sponge, uh, a towel because I like to dry. I like to dry, mm -hmm. and it's, I use a spray bottle with RO water is the other thing that I use, and that's my final rinse. I've always found for cleaning anything, I don't care if it's floors, I don't care what it is. The best way to clean something is to first clean it with some kind of a cleaner. And then the second thing to do is get the cleaner off the surface. Mm -hmm. So that's why I come back with the RO water to get the vinegar and everything off the surfaces to yeah. come back in and dry it with a towel and do nice. it that way. No residue. It stays clean. You're good to go. Very simple. Doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of equipment to clean you to clean it. You don't even really need the vacuum cleaner. I guess you could actually do it with a, you know. Yeah. Just pan a brush. A dust pan and brush kind of situation and maybe mm -hmm. just a damp cloth to get what you can't reach there yeah, but well. you just want to make sure you get all the little little tidbits the little dust in in, in pieces of soil and anything that's there all those little particles just get them out of there because they're long term they'll be useful doing you some harm long term mm -hmm. you just want to you don't want to leave any chances of bugs and mold and shit to, to think that it, it it's welcome like, oh look, they just leave in soil on the floor. They won't mind us living in there, do they? <laughs> well, yeah. bugs also find that, you know, mold finds it, all fungus, mm -hmm. you name it, everything will find it. You just don't want that. Yeah, man. But it's so be... nice as well, just to see a nice, yeah. tidy grow room, man. It, that's the way it should be. But I, I also want to caution new growers, don't be obsessed with the cleanliness of the grow room. It should be clean. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be like, oh, my gosh, I can see a speck of dust on the floor. I better clean it off right away or else the plant's going to die. That's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, these you know, plants can't are stress that enough, you know, because it's so easy to get carried away with that kind of thing. Like I said, with the fungus gnats, you know, well, we see it all the time over at Percy's new growers do get very excited about their grow. They're passionate about it. Mm -hmm. I applaud them. Great. Good job. Thank you for being so passionate about it. But still, you know, it's not that serious. Mm -hmm. uh, Billy just asking how often you should clean your poles. Nice, <laughs> it depends on Billy. Mm -hmm. Depends how many socks you got handy. Yeah. Depends on how much you're using it <laughs> and what you're using it on. <laughs> that's the that's the serious part. <laughs> so, do you clean your grow lights, monkey? Because uh, this is. You know, over time, if you get too much dust over the lights, they're going to be less efficient. Then the only no way more. I've ever cleaned the grow light was simply by vacuuming, vacuuming the front surface of it. Mm -hmm. You know, to get get the the uh, brush attachment for your vacuum cleaner, mm. and just while the vacuum cleaner is running, just suck off the dust if there's any up there. I generally don't find that they get too dusty. Mine mm -hmm. don't, at least. Um, but I have I have vacuumed them, but I, I've never wiped them with anything. Yeah, I wouldn't be wiping the diode, so that, that just seems too scary. Like you might accidentally pull one off or something, you know? Uh, well, it, your cloth could definitely get hung up mm. on the edge of one, and it could happen, I guess. Mm. But, you know, I was always worried about leaving lint up there doing more damage than good, you know, trying to clean it and leaving more debris behind than I got yeah. off. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't really think that modern, you know, uh, bare boarded uh, LED grow lights like that really need cleaning. Now, the old ones that had glass fronts on them, I would clean those. Mm -hmm. You know, the blurples and, and yeah, yeah. even even the original uh, uh, white ones that had the glass fronts mm -hmm. and the fans and all that stuff, the Epistar and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. What nice. about you? Do, do you clean your lights? No, not really. Like I say, I'm too scared to go into the diodes. I don't want to break any. <laughs> but you, you would think, I'm cleaning the back of it because the back of it gets dusty and shit like that, you know. But the front side there, no, it just like you say, it doesn't seem to get too dusty. It doesn't seem to be a problem. Right. If I was to clean the diodes, if I felt that it was at a point where it needed to be done, I'd use, you know, like that compressed air you use on laptops and oh, shit like that. Like an air, yeah, you could use an air compressor, same way. Yeah, yeah, that would be burst the best the burst way of air. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad way at all. Good yeah. idea. Just, just uh, scary still, you know, because they're expensive yeah. things and fucking lights up. <clears throat> now there is yeah. one thing that you can you can clean on a regular basis in your tent. And that is your if you have your carbon filter on the inside of your tent and you have that sleeve over it, that will get dusty on a regular basis. And yes, you can take it off the filter and throw it in the washing machine and then stick it back on the filter afterwards. So mm -hmm. that's an easy thing to clean anytime you anytime you have the inkling to do it. When you clean your fans, are you just cleaning the blades? Because sometimes shit just gets caught up on the blades. It really depends oh. upon um the, on the fan. I mean, if it's a standard type clip-on fan, I'll open up the cover. Usually that requires screwdriver, mm. move the front of the cover out there, and then wipe the blades off as best as I can. The hard ones to clean are the tower fans because they're they're circular uh, squirrel cage type blower motors in the, in most mm. of those. Then you've got to take them. You can disassemble them. I have done it if you're very careful. If you're good with your hands and you're comfortable knowing that you can get all the pieces back in, that's the critical part right there. Everything mm -hmm. that comes out has to go back in. If, if you're comfortable with that, yes, you can take tower fans apart. And then very carefully using compressed air and brushes and things like that, clean the squirrel cage, lower parts of them, and relubricate the oscillating mechanisms and things like that. I do that once a year in my tent. And mm -hmm. I don't like that day. It's a long day. Yeah, it can take a long time to do all this cleaning thoroughly. Sometimes it's easier to get new shit. And then, <laughs> rather than yeah. clean the fan, you know, it's like, you know, I can get a new one, you know. Yeah, well, I thought fans... that. I'm mean, gonna got myself a new fan recently. I thought, yeah, it's winter time kicking in now. It's only gonna cost me twenty quid to get a fan, cheap fan. Nobody wants them now because it's fucking freezing. Thirty-five quid for a fucking fan, cheeky bastards. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's sometimes just easier to get a new fan than fucking clean it. Like, oh man, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and, and I agree. Sometimes those, some of the cheaper fans are, are very tempting to replace, but I've also been burned thinking I'm replacing a, a what I considered, oh, well, it's just a one-for-one -one replacement, but the new one looks the same, but inside it's completely different, and it's a cheap copy. I've been burned too many times like that. What parts do you use, Monkey? Do you use fabric parts? Plastic, and those are you easy only, to yeah. Easy I use fabric parts, man. And yeah, pretty much after each cycle. Yeah. yeah. Well, the missus would wash them with some kind of detergent first. I don't, I don't operate the washing machine. I hate to sound sexist. Uh, <laughs> Maggie that's just the way it is. I'm, <laughs> I'm just fucking being honest, man. All right. So some gender stereotypes just work 
I'm a bloke. I don't know how to use the washing machine. I'm sure if I put my mind to it, I could figure the fucking thing out. But the missus just does it better. You know, so she's happy to do it. But so, that's okay. a good point you're bringing up, though, is that after you use your pots, you don't care if they're fabric or plastic. They should be washed and made clean before you use them again mm-hmm, to try mm-hmm. and prevent any kind of diseases from being carried forward in your next growth. Yeah, there is anything there. So yeah, by so all means, that's part they of They get good, good emptied cleaning. out uh, and then put in the washing machine for a couple of cycles, one with detergent and then one without to rinse everything off it properly just to make sure. And then they're good to go again, man. You can reuse them all the time. I find the, anyway. Yeah, the plastic ones are really easy. I just soap and water first and I come back and rinse them with bleach mm-hmm. and water and you're done, you know? That's it. I'm using Pretty- air pots right now. They're a fucking bitch cleaning those. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the, the plastic ones with the, the holes I in do. the pimples, you know, air, air pots. Oh, yeah. It's just, you have to, I got like a brush that I, I use it to try and clean in between all the little bits, but it's, it's pretty much impossible, man. It's <laughs> such a bastard of a pot to clean. I've never tried them. I've never had a need to. So, I mean, everybody keeps telling me I should try this, try that. And it's like, I've got more cannabis than I need. I don't need to try anything new. Uh, because you're using salt-based nutrients with air pots, what usually happens is when you've watered them and the waters oh. came out the edge, the salt builds up, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, over, over a period of time, you just got all these salts build up. Well, using vinegar on it actually works well to try and break That's what salt. I was going to say. You just uh-huh. need monkey vinegar. Monkey vinegar mm-hmm. eats salts, eats all of that, the... Uh... Those deposits off very but it's still a mission to try and go around and scrub each one of the holes and calm well, down billy you know get a bit <laughs> <laughs> i heard it too <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's a pain in the ass uh, doing that well you, can, you should be able to take and soak those uh those air pots in a solution of vinegar and water long enough to cause that that buildup that you're talking about to actually almost fall off it will soften mm-hmm. the vinegar mm-hmm. will soften it to a point to where when you brush it it'll just it'll completely crumble and fall off and you and realistically it's, it's not doing any harm is it it's, no it's it just not. doesn't it just doesn't make the pot look nice no because i eventually sometimes i have that on the plastic pots like i'll notice on the bottom you'll have some of that white uh, uh, call it scale if you will mm-hmm. crust and i don't even worry about it i just if it doesn't come off easy, it's fine. Leave it alone. So you've had bud rot before, haven't you, monkey? Uh, yeah, I have. So what's your procedure for cleaning after you found bud rot? <laughs> Vacuum everything and hope, hope it doesn't happen again. I've realized a long time ago with bud rot, see, those spores are there. They're everywhere anyway. It's just, mm. it's an opportunist situation. So it doesn't freak me out like it first did. I first, mm. first time it happened, I was freaking out. I tried to clean everything top to bottom, inside and out. Second time it happened, I got rid of the bud rot. And after I finished the harvest, I basically did a standard cleaning and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to you want to vacuum out as much of the spores as you can. You do want to wipe down and get as much of it out as you possibly can. But I wouldn't be obsessed to the point thinking that it's going to jump back up there and grab hold of your next growth because it really didn't do it. Yeah. It was fine. If, if anything, you need to change your environment if you find bud rot. I mean, clean That's, as well, but change the environment, reduce humidity, more effort. Yeah, it's more of the humidity situation. And that's exactly what I found, Mackie, was just don't worry too much about cleaning it. The spores are already in there. You know, do your best you can, but fix your environment. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Always a scary one when you find the mold, man. Always scary. 
Well, Dude. same thing with bugs, though. I mean, if you get spider mites mm. in the tent, you're always going to be freaking out, thinking like, "There's no way I'm ever going to get these guys out of here. They're always going to be in here." But mm -hmm. if the spider mites don't have any place to live, they're not going to be hanging around in an empty tent for long. Mm -hmm. But the things. eggs can stay in there and shit. And this is they this is can. one of the important things, man. When you when you're putting a new crop together, make sure, especially if you've had bugs, just clean again. Then eggs can lay dormant for months. But see, vacuum cleaner does a wonderful job on picking up mm -hmm. all the stray eggs and things. And that's why I like to use it because it picks up all of those little invisibles. Yeah. You don't see those mold spores, those insect eggs, all that stuff. Stuff that you don't want in your tent. Yeah. It's so. a good clean, is good. You know, try and do it after each grow, you know, it just just to keep things fresh. It might not need doing, you know, it might only need a small little clean, but while everything is out the tent, you've got the chance to. You might as well keep everything good clean. Yeah. And I don't know how your tents go, but usually with mine, when I have a harvest, you know, like that tent's going to be mostly empty for a, a, quite a while because seedlings don't take a lot of space. You know, I can move seedlings to clean my tent in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So easy to do. New crop yeah. in, get your tent clean. You can even have seeds germinating while you put them on the windowsill while you're cleaning, you know? Mm -hmm. Easy, easy, easy. Yeah, man. What else do we have to cover here? Um, yeah, we spoke about after bugs as well, and when there's bugs, just same thing, just clean everything. Yeah, I know uh, some people have really asked questions before over at Percy's about having like a really bad infestation of spider mites in my tent. And what am I going to do? I don't want spider mites in my next grow. How do I clean my tent out? And people have talked about wanting to set off sulfur bombs in tents and things like this. It's like, I don't know mm -hmm. if I would want to do that. How? The only thing I think if I had now I'm in the US, so I'm going to use a product that's available here in the US. If I had a super bad infestation in my tent and I had to actually clean it, get make sure it had no bugs in it, I would probably go get a no pest strip from Lowe's, stick it in my mm -hmm. tent for two or three days. And in two or three days, everything in the tent, including the eggs, would be dead. Wow. And then throw throw the darn thing away and I'm good to go. That would be the easiest way to do it. I mean, it's just, it's a very simple product. It gasses the tent with an invisible uh, material and it, it's toxic to, to uh, bugs, supposedly not toxic to animals if you're in contact with it four hours or less a day. So it's not even highly toxic, but mm -hmm. for some reason they don't sell it in the UK. People in the UK are buying them from eBay. Many states. states. Nanny yeah. state, we can't do anything here. They tell us what's best <laughs> for us all the fucking time. Yeah, but I mean, if you have a bug infestation, you may have to to, to figure something out such as that to, if you think they're going to be a problem for your next run. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, you could always leave your tent dormant, and if there's nothing in there for the plants for the bugs to eat, they won't be eating each other. They'll they'll end up dying off or leaving the tent. So if you leave the tent dormant long enough, your bugs are probably going to go away. Probably what's going to happen in the dormant tent, spiders will probably find their way in there and take care of all your problems. Because <laughs> that's what nature does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to leave your tent just sitting there. No, I <laughs> want to grow cannabis in it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, spider works good if you want to get yeah. rid of bugs like that too, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that only grow in the wintertime, though, because of the temperatures and things like that. So if you mm -hmm, have a bug mm -hmm. infestation, you can actually just let the bugs die during the summer. Long as there's nothing in there to feed the bugs, they won't hang around. Yeah, Backblast uh, said, had a friend when he got spider mites, he would fold his tent up and put it in a deep freezer for a week. 
to kill the mites. That will work. Nice. Yeah. That, that might work. Them fuckers are resilient, man. Might M I T E work? Might work. Genius, genius. They can freak you out when you, if you end up with spider mites, though. It's yeah, not, and it's the, not the end of the world, though. But yeah, it'll freak you out a little bit. It's one of those things when it comes to cleanliness as well. You know, when you're keeping your grow tent or your grow room clean by removing anything that is making it dirty, you've also got to make sure that your hands and your clothes are clean when you're going into your grow room as well. You know, you, you have to not take anything there to contaminate the place with. Oh, that's a perfect segue into talking about some 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 practices to keep your tent clean and safe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, would you go out and do yard work and come back in and tend your cannabis plants? I know I wouldn't. No, no. No, because I'm out in the yard. I don't know what I've got on me as far as bugs go and things like that. And go back in there and open my tent up. And I'm going to give this bug heaven, basically. Mm-hmm. It's going to be able to go in there and have all the cannabis it wants to eat and nobody to bother it. That's complete mm-hmm. heaven for that bug. So, no, I won't do that. If I'm working in the yard, I will go clean up. Sometimes it depends what I'm doing. I'll like if I'm mowing the yard, I'll even change clothes before I even think about going to the tent because I just mm-hmm. don't want a chance that I'm going to drag something like that in the tent. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Is that is that the saying? It is. I don't know if it's true, but you know, when it comes to cannabis plants, I try to try to take care of it. No, but also, really... I mean, if uh, if I'm working just anywhere, I'll usually wash my hands. Simple thing like washing my hands before I go into the tent. Mm-hmm. Um, just try and not bring any any. Uh, contaminants in yeah man that's it as long as you can't bring any contaminant contaminants in then you shouldn't get any it's as simple as that you st- you start up that grow room and you make sure that it's all nice and clean and you don't take anything in there that's going to make it dirty and you can easily get through a whole grow without having to clean the thing you know oh, yeah. you just clean next time it's empty it's not like because it's got soil in it that it gets dirty at any point if you're just careful with everything you, you keep you the soil in the pot yeah, keep the yeah. soil in the pot. It's fine. It'll be good. Be good. That's right, man. And you shouldn't get bugs. You'll be okay. It's not a major issue. You know, just be careful with the cleaner you're using, so it isn't so strong that it's going to damage the material in your grow tent or the walls. You know, the paint on the walls of your grow room, whatever it is. If you're yep. cleaning electrical products, make sure that it's unplugged first and just clean with damp things. You know, don't don't overload it and destroy your electricals because you use too much water careful of that kind of thing uh fans you know get a new one <laughs> or, or you know take it off take it apart and clean the blades on it put it back together again you know do the Parts best you can with what you that. got with that yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fans are rough so you're gonna have to judge your own skill level with the fans yeah and if you have to clean the tent at any time during flower because you found mold or bugs or any anything like that then just take the plants but at any stage throughout the plant's life you know if you're going to be working in the tent, just take them out of the tent. Unless you've got a huge one with loads of space, of course. But or a scrog running it, or something like that. Mm, you know, There's mm. certain reasons you can't take your plants out. Yeah. We get that. Yeah. It is much easier to just take them out most of the time than work around them and risk damaging them. So just take them out and they won't even notice the difference of just being put in a normal room with a light on for a few, five, ten minutes, whatever it takes you. Yeah that's what i find anyway i hate working in the grow tent around the plants when i when i could risk breaking something it's a pain in the ass man you know trying yeah. to adjust lights and things like that you've got to squeeze past them like, oh shit don't break 
squeeze yeah. past them. I couldn't squeeze. I couldn't mm-hmm. can't fit in my tent. I can't squeeze past anything in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, need a four by four, man. That's what you need. Oh, I know what I need, but ain't anything happening. <laughs> like I said, monkey showed the missus he can grow in small tents. Now I get ta- mm-hmm. I get small tents. So I mean, that's about it when it comes to cleaning, isn't it? There's not much really to be said other than that. Just take your time with that shit. Make sure it's done well. You know, like you were detailing the vehicle or something, you know, cleaning every little bit. <laughs> the cleaner it is, the better, because the less chance you're going to get of having mold and contamination, you know, and leaving things lying around on the floor as well. You're less likely to trip over them if that becomes an issue. You know, electrical products on the floor as well. Just make sure that they, uh, your electrical products are never on the floor. They should be up off the ground in cases of spillage. Just add that yep. just because, just because. Yeah. Safety first, everybody. Safety third. Yeah, safety third, cleanliness second, isn't it? <laughs> no. And then stone first. First first rule is see the second rule. Second rule is see the third rule. Third rule is safety. Okay. Safety third. All right. Is that that's some on the site kind of <laughs> or something? No, <laughs> that's that's from up from, uh Rocket City Rednecks, actually. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yes, yeah, so that's about it. I mean is there anything to add? Do you think that we've missed anything here, Monkey? I think we no, covered everything, all right? If it sounds simple, that's because it is simple, you know? Just don't mm. overcomplicate it, but it's something that you should do on a regular basis is, you know, basic tent maintenance and cleaning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not much more else to add there. We're going to keep saying it over and over. Whatever you have to do, whatever you find is works best for you, do it, use it, keep it clean. That's right. With that, we have some list of mail questions. Let's do that. I think we only have one, well, kind of two questions because Filmy Bold sent in two questions. The first one, I have two simple questions. That's introducing us to the first question. Why are cannabis plants or any plant the color green? Okay, this is an interesting one, man. And from what I understand, it is uh, the plants are not actually green. They're every other color but green because they reflect the green light out of them, and that's why we see them. But that's the same for every, everything, really. It's because of chlorophyll, isn't it? Chlorophyll is a green pigment, so the plants it show is. off as green. That's what reflects back. I would say simple as that, really, but it's really complex, really. You know, it's not like simple as that science. You know, that's briefly explained how the whole light spectrum works and how plants absorb different spectrums of light and they reject green because it's not as efficient or some shit. Do you know yeah. Do you know any more of that, Monkey? you know any more about no, that? No, uh, when I went to read a little bit on that, it basically said mostly what we already know, and that is that plants prefer to, to use both the blue and the red wavelengths and the green is less useful for them, so they reject the green. So mm-hmm. it doesn't say why. I mean, I guess we, we need to find the great designer and ask them, why did you make plants green in the first place? But we don't know. Uh, Shady Fuse says, what does that mean when the light goes out? The line, little rainbows. What? You got a cue what there. What does it so... mean when the light goes out of the little line? You're going to have to elaborate further on I, that, I'm afraid, Shoddy. <laughs> I want some of the weed he's been smoking. Yeah, we don't know what you mean. <laughs> but the second question from Phil Me Bones, he asks, 
if your nose is between your eyes, how come we don't see it? I say you that you do see it. See it. You mm. do see it, but your brain's just pe- not paying attention to it. Yeah, it just cancels it out. If you close one eye and look inwards, you can see it. Even if you look forward, you can see it. It's just down there at the bottom. But you get used to it being there all the time. So, so your brain just blocks it out. You don't need to see it. Crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's kind of like the frames on your glasses. You know, they're there and you can see them, but you really don't even look at them. You don't even notice they're there mm-hmm. until, you, mm-hmm. until you look for them. Yeah, the, the, the body does all sorts of crazy things like that. You know, like, what's that one? Uh, you, you can't lick your own elbow. <laughs> You're going, try it, everybody. Try and lick your own elbow. You can't do it. You got a vision of everybody <laughs> sitting there right now. <laughs> all these yeah. high people out there trying to lick their elbow and their wives going like, what the hell's going on with you? I'm trying to lick my elbow, doggone it. Now, there's loads of them, man. It's like, you you know, the, the gap between... So you turn your hand face up and then from the inner part of your elbow there on the on the upside of your arm to the bottom of your wrist of your hand with your hand face up, that section of your arm there, that radius, that radius is it called? Uh, the radial bit. Uh, that size there is the same size as your foot. So if you put your foot on there, that's the same size, man. I don't know about that now. Yeah, try it out. <laughs> try it out. I don't try well, that's kind of hard to do. <laughs> Put my foot up on top. Of oh, my yeah, arm. I suppose. It, yeah, it depends how flexible <laughs> you are. You know, you should have tried it when you were younger. It, it would have worked. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah, there's loads of cool things like that, which uh, the, the brain does, man. Well, and the body does. It's very cool. Like the, uh, the, the rotating your foot one way and then doing a number six the other way and your foot changes direction. Loads of cool things. It's very cool. Yeah, random shit, though. Random shit. Uh, as uh, Shuddy elaborated, he said, as in the only reflect green light, but if there is no green, what is their color? It's everything look, other than green. <laughs> they would look black then because they're not reflecting any light if there's no green light. That's kind of like if you've ever seen pictures of, of a cannabis plant taken in a tent with blurple lights, the leaves do look black. Mm-hmm. Or almost black. It's, it's interesting the way that works. And it, it's the same for everything. It's not just cannabis plants. You know, it's the, the only reason why anything is any color is because it reflects that one back because it's not that color. So when we say something's a color, it, it means it's not really that color. It's just what it's the only color it isn't. It's strange, right? It's stone of thoughts, everybody. Stone of thoughts. <laughs> we'll have a thread up later at Percy's, you know, we're talking about color theory. Yeah, what do you think about this? Yeah. Well, we've got other strange that threads up over at Percy's. Why not? You know? Mm-hmm. We'll well, I think that's all anything. the questions we had there. That's a, a good couple of questions there from Film Evolves. And we, we had that one from Shoddy there, which I think yeah. we covered. What as does well. it mean when the light goes out the line, little rainbows? Yeah, well, <laughs> nah, nah, that doesn't make any sense at all, does it? What? As in the only. <laughs> reflect green light but there is no green light and that's their color not following mostly but yeah the light is like an electromagnetic spectrum kind of thing and there's visible light from the from the red to the blue which is like 430 nanometers or something and then you get your, your infrared which is more into the red than we can see with the with the naked eye 
and then there's the ultraviolet, the UV, which is past the purple, past the uh, past the violet and the rainbow, mm-hmm. which is, and that, that's why we have the UV, which can't be seen with the naked eye. And it goes further and further. Doesn't it? You get, the, the spectrums, the the electromagnetic spectrum is huge, man. Mm-hmm. Radio frequencies, all that kind of shit. Uh, Red Eye Gunner says that. Do you guys know anything about? Using UV for cleaning. I did see that mentioned earlier as well. I think you bought it up and we missed it. Did a little hiking back in the day, and UV was there is a, a thing you can get when you're hiking the UV light that goes in your water bottle to sterilize it. So I know it exists. I know it's out there, but I don't know much about it other than that. But I'm kind of curious would that UVB bulb thing that chain cells, if you put mm. that in your tent and turned it on, would that kill the bacteria and everything else? You know? Mm. Interesting. It's question, definitely yeah. UVB. Mm. And would you be able to use that to kill bugs on your plant too? Hmm. Not all bugs are affected by UV though. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Interesting. You know, because you know, they always say cockroaches will outlive us because you know it's very very uh few kinds of radiation that affect them and kind of things mm. like that. I mean. Have you ever put a cockroach in a microwave? I think most people in the States have tried it once once or twice. We don't really get cockroaches over here in the UK. I've never seen one. I know a long time ago I've tried it, and and basically it's the waves are too far apart. (laughs) Just microwaving cockroaches? They say it it won't kill them. Let's try it. Basically every now and then when a wave would hit them, it would jump. But no, it didn't kill them. Jesus. It's like, whoa, what was that? And they keep on going, whoa, what was that? Even Chad's in the chat. They're like, "The fuck, monkey!" <laughs> uh huh. Come on, you never done. Come on. They always say, "Mike, oh, you can't kill it." This was something that was going on in my my uh, middle school back in the day. It was like, "Yeah, this was going around. You can't kill it." Uh, uh, the uh, cockroach. But we didn't have no internet. Everybody had to go over and try it. <laughs> you catch, a, you, you catch a, a cockroach, you stick it in a glass, and you stick it in a microwave and see what happens. And actually, nothing happened. Oh no! I'm gonna get so much. As far as you know, as far as you know, nothing happened. You know, the, the next day he can't stop being sick. He's got radiation sickness. His hair's falling out. Cockroach in my front yard. His bones are getting weak. Ah <laughs> 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 oh, shit! Yeah, that's terrible. You can't do things like that, monkey. He's a changed man now. Everybody, don't send in hate mail. <laughs> he doesn't do these kind of things anymore. No, that's back in the day. I mean, everybody used to, it was it was out there. It's like you know, this is yeah. back when everybody says that the cockroaches will outlast the humans. You know, after the apocalypse, yeah. only thing left is going to be cockroaches. And so somebody <laughs> came out with the fact that you can't kill a cockroach in a microwave. I'm not telling you to try it now, people. Don't no, go no. ahead and be doing this. Just look it up on checked. YouTube. You know, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of people have already done it. You can see the videos. That's right. If people if people don't understand what it was like when there was no internet, you know, you got <laughs> you really bored yourself. and you had to fucking just figure out things to do. Yeah. You had to try things. You said, what happens with a cockroach in a microwave? I couldn't go mm. look that up. You have to try mm-hmm. it. And face it, face it, people, you could the cockroach was going to get killed anyway, right? Maybe. Maybe he could have gone on to be president. You never know. You never know well, the path. If- I'll just put it this way. Even though the microwave didn't kill the cockroach, the cockroach didn't live. I'm not going to go turn the cockroach loose and around. Oh, you're fine now. Okay. South City said, never microwaved a roach, but once I tied a blowfly 
up to my sister's hair while she slept on the couch. She hates me for it. It was a blowfly. <laughs> he, he basically put a leash on a fly. It was flying from his sister's hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carrie's in the chat there added, uh, I know it's controversial, but I use tobacco teas to kill very resistant bugs. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that being used before as well. Is it controversial? Uh, you used to actually be able to buy something in uh, garden centers in the States called nicotine sulfate. Uh, it's no longer available, but it was highly toxic and we kill almost any bug. But yes, it absolutely kills bugs. And you know, if all else fails, just fucking drop them in the microwave. <laughs> the controversial part of it was the fact that uh, it's a non-selective uh, insecticide. It will kill any any bugs, even the good ones. So the pollinators are affected by it as well. Going to catch all these thrips and then fucking nuke them. <laughs> Good Two luck. minutes and eight hundred watts should do. Yeah, yeah, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Microwaves melted and it thrips it and they're going like, "Hey, this is nice, guys." <laughs> savagery, savagery. Anyway, is that is that everything? I think we answered all the questions there. We went on some random tangent because we got time to just chat some shit. But yeah, keep your grow rooms clean if you can, everybody. You know, it's, it's important. The dirty they are, the more chance there is of shit getting in there that you don't want to be in there. So you just keep it clean, keep it fresh. It's easier to work around. It, it's more pleasant to be in an environment that's clean as well. So, you know, it's just all like around. It yeah, it's just all around good, man. It's keep your grow room clean. But that's it. I think is there anything to add there, monkey? I think it's just about everything to it. No. Like we said before, we'll say it again and again. Clean your, your grow tent is not rocket science. This is an easy practice. It's something you just got to get up and do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Vacuum, a little bit of bleach in the water. As they say in the UK, Robert, your dad's brother. Are we ready to go to the outro? Let's do it. Let's do it. there we go everybody that's this week's grow guides we are running out of ideas for episodes now so if you have any suggestions for any topics to cover in the future episodes of grow guides then do let us know we are nearly at episode 100 and then i think we're going to start the whole thing over again so we just have a few more episodes to push before we get to 100 and then we'll start from the beginning but as usual thank you for being here thank you for downloading the show thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you on the live stream on sunday hopefully but if not we'll see you on monday for the cannabis news and events stay high stay safe we'll see you on the next one goodbye Thirty-five quid for a fucking fan? Cheeky bastards.